Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Breaking down the Vikings through four weeks. We just talked about the idea of like the Vikings pulling out wins in which they're outplayed by bad teams and kind of the the notion that that's a good thing, um, but also just like, you know, the eye test says they're not playing well uh, through four weeks, and that's probably a bad thing. Um, so kind of balancing out those two thoughts and it kind of got negative most of the time it does. Um, so I wanted to spend a segment just focused on the positive of this team because they are three and one. They have done some things well. Uh, so Dan and I will get into that. Um, just things we like about the team. It doesn't even have to necessarily be on the field. First off, Dane, was Kevin O'Connell included in this segment for you? Uh, he was, but he is. Okay, well, that's well, then we will you will talk about him then. Um I wanted to get something if he doesn't, but I will save that now. Uh, because I don't know what Dane put. He does not know what I put. Let's start with like Let's go from, let's go like three, two, one, count it down to like your favorite thing. So start off with your third one um, first here, and then I will get my third one and, and so on. This is risky. Cause I hope you don't take my, my number one in the meantime, I'll have to adjust on the fly, but I, no, I well, like that's okay. it. Let, let, you don't have to change it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, my, my third, my third one was Kevin O'Connell. Um, and that's not, that's not a knock on Kevin O'Connell. That's not like, Oh, um, you know, there are two things that I think have been better than Kevin O'Connell this season. Like this is all positive, baby. This whole segment is about positivity. Right. And uh, you know, there's just other couple other things that it's not even football related. My, my next two. Um, so that, that that's a tease. Okay. I did not um, take but, your other ones. <laughs> I promise. <okay. laughs> um, they are tangentially football related. Um, okay. No, Kevin O'Connell has been, I think not, everything you hoped he would be because i i thought i think in a perfect world for for the will family i think in a perfect world for 
Kwesi. I think in a perfect world for Kevin O'Connell, certainly in a perfect world for, for Vikings fans, this offense would have just come out right out of the gates, been on fire. Um, Holy cow. Like who's going to stop the Vikings this year? Justin Jefferson already has a thousand yards receiving through, through four games, like whatever. Like it, so I don't think it's been perfect, but I think to our point last segment about how he's been able to kind of rally the troops at times and, and kept everyone positive. I, I really liked what he said about Justin Jefferson yesterday. Like, yeah, like Justin Jefferson has been frustrated for the past two weeks. Like, how could you not? He he got shut down by Slay. He got shut down by Okuda. But then he came out last, you know, on Sunday and, and 10 catches, I think 147. And uh, just listening to Kevin O'Connell talk about that interaction that he's had with Justin, acknowledging the frustration, um, talking about how they've worked through it together. I think that's a microcosm of him as a coach. And, and I really like his approach. I think it's not that dissimilar to how a lot of young coaches in, in, in the current NFL work. I think you do be a player's coach first. I don't think you need to be a hard ass all the time. Like, like coaches have been in the past. So I don't think Kevin O'Connell is necessarily unique in that standpoint, but I like it. I like everything I've seen out of him so far from like a human standpoint, trading, treating these guys, not like they're football robots, but like they're human beings with emotions um, I think it's a breath of fresh air for the franchise. I, I certainly think it's a breath of fresh air for the players. Um, yeah, I think Kevin O'Connell so far, I don't think I'm giving him an A plus through a first month, but like, you know, solid passing grade, solid B. What I like about him is I think he's kind of adjusted on the fly um, with certain things and whether that is like, okay, we got to get Dalvin Cook more involved or, okay, that Justin Jefferson's been shut down through two weeks. How are we going to, uh, what's the antidote for that? Um uh, like, I think we've seen a lot more of an offense that looked like what was successful with Gary Kubiak, Kevin Stefanski. Um, and after week two, looked a lot more like a John Filippo shotgun. Kirk Cousins couldn't make it work. Like, I think what he's done is, okay, now I kind of see what I, we have for personnel. What is the best path forward? He's not, like, stuck to what was I planning to do? Uh, what, what did I think we were going to do? Uh, what did I want to do? What is my ideal version? He's like, okay, how can we win with this, this football team? with this personnel. And I think they've found a way to do that. And it hasn't always looked pretty, but it has been, you know, winning. Uh, so the ability to not be too sturdy or structured, like we are sticking to this and this and this, there's no stubbornness. It seems like with Kevin O'Connell, it's like, okay, how are we going to win here? And I think that's a really good thing for a first year head coach. And maybe like, as the Vikings roster evolves, it can look more like what he wants it to look like offensively. Maybe he has a different defensive plan than what they have right now, um, ideally. But this is what they've got, so that's what they're going to do. Um, I do feel like they're kind of maximizing what they have. They just might not have a lot. Uh, so that's a good thing, and I agree with you on all the player relations stuff, too. That's huge. Uh, my number three, my third most, uh, is the special teams. And you gave a massive ode to this group on sunday and it was rightfully deserved so we don't need to touch too much on it you can listen back to that saints recap win if you want our laundry list of things the special teams has done well but it is very refreshing to watch a football team that only wins games because the special teams doesn't lose them that's been pretty true on a consistent basis i can't really think of anything they've done poorly uh they've ne there's been no like you know face palm type moments like they've really just been solid um, and productive and just doing everything you want out of a special teams unit that is what like non-elite teams do to win games and the Vikings have done that yeah I think 
it's something that goes overlooked a lot of times, special teams, um, until it like rears its ugly head. And you're like, wow, our special teams suck. Like that hasn't been an issue. And in fact, it's been kind of the the polar opposite on, on the opposite side of the spectrum. Like it's been like, wow, the special teams have really held the Vikings into this game. So that's something you've said a lot in the past. Um, yeah, I think that group is doing a great job. I think Greg Joseph's a really good kicker. I think Matt Ryan Wright's a really good punter. Um, truthfully, cannon. didn't know who Ryan didn't know who Ryan Wright was. Um, I think everyone knows who Ryan Wright is now. Um, we were convinced in training camp that Ryan Wright was not going <clears throat> to be the punter. Yeah, um, I think I made fun of the fact that he wore sixty six in training camp. I'm yep. like, they don't give sixty six to a guy who's going to make the team. Um, and then like three hours after we recorded that, I know, maybe not even, maybe like a half hour after we recorded that, um, Jordan Barry got cut and Ryan Wright won the job. So he's done a great job. He has a strong leg, has a pretty strong arm. Um, and I think Greg Joseph, um, I don't think we can take that guy for granted. Like, I no. think he's, he's a good kicker. And I think the fact that he was able to bounce back from a couple of really, really bad misses last year and, and just really like, you know, I think a lot of kickers say like, "Oh, I just operate kick to kick." No, but I don't think a lot mentality. of kick, I don't think a lot of kickers are capable of actually doing that. Blair Walsh, Walsh was not. Yeah, he he missed twenty seven yard field goal and like literally just like crumbled into Brain himself. Melted. Yeah, I think Greg Joseph can do that. Um, I think you saw it the other day. He couldn't have felt great after missing the extra point to keep the game tied, and then he he goes out and makes the game winner. So I've realized I agree with the that- special teams. I realized looking at my list that, well, we might have an overlap because I do have one that's not really football that I think might be yours, but go ahead. Okay. Well, we'll just, yeah, I'll just keep going then. I'll, I'll, I'll get to, I'll get to my number two. I don't think yeah. um, you're going to connect with my number one. Yeah, um, okay. Number two, I, I, I teased it a little. I think it's, it's just the inside access. Like I, I like the, the little videos they're doing. I like that, that gives, you know, it gives fans an inside look at what's going on in the locker room. I, I don't think those videos are necessarily performative because a lot of those videos feel like pretty natural, like just like a camera's there and and these guys are just interacting in the locker room. Um, I think social media has something to do with that too. Like you see guys posting locker room clips and celebrating wins. And like we joked about smiles per game and then in training camp and in the preseason, um, I think it exists. I think it's a thing. I think when you see these videos, like for the longest time, the Vikings were something of a franchise that I think a lot of fans like just hate watched like, Oh, it's Sunday again. I'll just watch the Vikings. Like I don't even really like this team. I think this team is doing enough, maybe not on the field, quite not yet. on the field. No, <laughs> but, but off the field to at least show like, okay, we are human beings. We have a personality. Like we're enjoying this win. I will say Chris Boyd just came out on Twitter the other day and just clapped at all the fans like said, I think he might've deleted the tweet. I'm I'm sure he did. I'm sure he got a talking to, but like y'all don't even appreciate we're three and one, like uh, y'all some fake fans, blah, blah, blah. Like it's always the Chris Boyd's in the world who do that too. It's just, it's not like somebody who's doing a bunch of like a bunch of the work. It's like, it's a Chris Boyd who is doing that always and forever. I think he even, he even said like STFU like to the fans. And I, I guess I just can picture like, if you like, can you just say as a player, like you could be 16 and zero, and there are going to be random people on Twitter and Instagram saying you suck. Uh, like that's, yeah. you, if you don't accept that as a part of the world today 
any Jane, you could say good morning. You could just tweet good morning and three people would tell you to STFU. Like that's <laughs> just like it's it's like bots, it's like people behind like an egg emoji on your Twitter. Like you cannot yeah. think that every, because there are negative comments that the general consensus is negativity. That's just not true. That's just social media, period. And and Chris Boyd is so online. Like he's one of the most online players there is. He's got TikTok, Instagram, he's on Twitter, obviously, with that tweet. You think he would pick that up by now? Uh, quick, and I'll let you get to your second one. But like, I can just picture. So after Chris Boyd forced a fumble, recovered the fumble in London, yep. he freaked out, ripped his helmet off, threw it yep. in, into the stands. Like I said, like like Stefan Diggs after yep. he had the Minneapolis miracle, and I could just see Patrick Peterson like literally yelling at him on the field, like "Don't do that. You're gonna get a penalty. Like stop." And I can just picture like in the locker room, Patrick Peterson going up to Chris Boyd and being like. Can you please delete that tweet? Like, what are we even doing here? Like, come on, man. It, it, it's the classic, come on, man. Like, yep. come on, Chris Boyd. But I do think I, I like the inside access. Like, that's my number two. I, I like trying to connect with fans. I like seeing the personalities of this team more. Um, I think a lot of that is connected to Kevin O'Connell, just allowing it to happen. I think it's okay. Football's supposed to be fun. Um, the play might not be fun, but I think the team itself might be fun. It just doesn't make sense to not do it in this day and age. Like you're not, it's not like you're giving away any like inside insight into what you're doing, like on the field or anything. And it's all team controlled, right? Like we're never going to see the locker room after a loss. Like the team determines what to put out. You know, it's not hard to figure out what's good and what's not. And like, you can parse through and edit it anyway. So like if something gets said that you don't want in there, then you put it out as a team, you should be doing as much of that as possible. Like all the good vibes you put out, any of the bad ones, you put in the trash bin, you edit out. It doesn't matter. Like there's no downside for a team controlling that to do as much of it as possible. Fans love it. Um, it gives a little insight only into the good moments. Like you control the message. That seems like such a slam dunk that for too long, this franchise has kind of um, avoided or not done enough of at the very least. My number two, they've stayed healthy. Uh, this is a team that is on the injury report um, is consistently like, Guys are out there, and and guys are, frankly, playing pretty close to 100% as far as we know. Zadarius Smith obviously played banged up, only played like 24 snaps on Sunday, but still semi-productive in those snaps. But in general, like there are very few impact players where we're like, oh, he's out, or he's very questionable for this week. Like The Lewis C injury was very unfortunate. But teams are going to have injuries and like, you know, not to downplay it because of the severity of the injury and that stunk for a really young player, but he wasn't like an integral part of this team. As far as like high impact players, um, the Vikings have been healthy. They've stayed that way here through four weeks, knock on wood for them. But you know, that's a big thing. And like we talked about maintenance and whatnot and training camp and how much the Vikings emphasized it. I don't know if that's been like a major point of emphasis now still during the weeks, but they've been playing teams that are severely banged up, uh, playing down a bunch of guys and that has not been them. And I think that's a big reason why they're three and one. Yeah. I, I like that you talked injuries because an honorable mention for me was Tyler Williams, executive director of player health and performance. And it, it's, you hear Kevin O'Connell talk Master and you the always, rhythm. exactly like that. I, 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 you kid, but like, I, I think there, it might be something to that. You, you listen to Kevin O'Connell's press conference and I guarantee like whatever press conference it is, he'll mention the two names, Tyler and Uriah. And that is the, the team that is is making sure like that everyone is is healthy, that things are going well. Um, that is the group, the sports science group within the Vikings that like 
you know, less contact in, in preseason, no, no, no game action. So I, I think it is paying off. Um, and, and you're seeing it. Yeah. Like I remember talking to some San Francisco beat writer it, it, at training camp and he was like, yeah, we always suffer soft tissue injuries. Like, you know, the, the team is always dealing with these nagging yeah. issues. Destroyed. And by even it. back, even back in training camp, the Vikings weren't dealing with that. They're not dealing with it now. Some of it is luck, but I do think some of it is preparation on their part. It's like you can't avoid the Lewis Seen injury. Like that, that's there's no amount of like whatever you're doing that can avoid that. Um, you know, like that's just a freak play. Like even Trey Lance's injury for San Francisco, like just a freak play with like the bone injuries. There's just only so much you can do. Uh, but like the soft tissue stuff, the hamstrings, you know, uh, the stuff like that. Like I think there is a lot of uh, translation with what you're doing in it during the week um, and for preparation uh, versus what happens on Sundays, um, keeping guys healthy. And Minnesota's been in great shape with that. So, yeah, hats off to them. For sure. All right, my number one. You kind of stole it with your number three, but my number one is Matt Daniels. Okay, The yeah, special okay. teams coordinator. It, it Not just how he has the group playing, but that dude is just – a joy to be around. I love, I don't just like Matt Daniels. I love Matt Daniels. That guy, just listening to him speak, listening to him talk, listening to the belief he has in his players. I'm pretty sure. Like I heard somewhere that Matt Daniels was going, was like, he, he played cornerback in the league, right? Like he played in the league. He was a special right. teams or most of the time, but like there is a pathway for Matt Daniels. I think could have been like a, a cornerbacks coach. Um, not sure it was like an official offer, but I think, there were opportunities for him to go be a cornerbacks coach. And he decided to come from Dallas where he was the assistant special teams coordinator. Instead of go search, seek out like a specialty or a a cornerbacks coach role, he he decided to be a special teams coordinator. And not a lot of guys gravitate towards special teams. Maybe he did because he was a special teams or in his playing days, but the way he talks about that, he, he, he just said he likes the fact that he gets to mold these plays players who aren't quite ready to to go on and make an impact when they are ready. You saw with Josh Metellus um, wasn't ready, played special teams, came in a week ago, had a pretty good game against the Lions. I just like Josh. I really, really like Matt Daniels. I like the way he carries himself. I like the way he he's open, um, super intense. I do think that guy is going to be a head coach in the NFL one day. Um, so this is just my ode to Matt Daniels. Uh, he has a special teams group playing phenomenally um that i think he's just a really good dude um my biggest one it's not the first time by the way that dane has given an ode to matt mcdaniels and i expect that to probably continue as the season goes on love matt Uh, daniels yeah matt daniels is just like um clearly dane's favorite part of this team as he just mentioned um and we will hear that probably on a weekly basis but it's it's deserved um the way you had this has this unit playing and maybe tune in i think the vikings post like Matt Daniels weekly press conferences, like tune in maybe, and you'll see why Dane is so fond of, of this man. Uh, my number one is that this team is not penalized. Hardly ever. Uh, if you look at, they have just four penalties per game tied for fewest, second fewest in the NFL with Atlanta, uh, four flags a game that compares to six and a half flags a game last season. That might not sound like a big difference, but that's, that's like being in the top tier versus being in the bottom tier of the NFL. 
it is very rare that this team like extends drives with defensive penalties or sets themselves back with offensive penalties. The offensive line for our concerns about that unit. Now, sometimes they get beat up the middle and whatnot. Like they don't take many holdings. Um, so when they hold up, they hold up. And the secondary isn't constantly getting flagged for illegal contacts or anything. I think that's partially because they play so soft. But like factor that in too, folks. Like I know they give up a lot of easy catches. I know there's a lot of separation. Uh, but they make you connect like it. They do not give you five yards for a free first down, uh, partially because of that coverage. Penalties can like sway games. We've seen that many times. Like the Saints lost last week and partially because of flags. And some of them, yeah, you can see they're 50 50 calls, but the Vikings aren't putting themselves in those positions defensively. Uh, the Lions think of how many times they had illegal context, defensive holdings in that week three game for the Vikings. Like flags are like turnovers in a lot of senses um, in that they can crush you. They can break your back. They can be the reason the other team scores like the Vikings in that go ahead touchdown drive. It was flags. Uh, Minnesota is not penalizing itself. It's not beating itself. Like we've said that many times, but like if you're going to beat the Vikings, it's because you kicked their teeth in. Um, and right now teams are like just punching them in the face like three times. Uh, but Minnesota isn't doing anything to itself. So it still has a chance to win at the end of the game. Uh, I, I love that a team does not go out and like the Vikings, nothing about the Vikings has been undisciplined uh, for the most part. Uh, and so that is a major credit. I think one thing is you can kind of say all of the things we're giving are kind of related to coaching um, and like maybe culture and trend setting or whatever. I do think they all speak very highly of Kevin O'Connell. I know he's just going to get judged on the offensive performance and um, the scheme and, and what they're doing with Kirk cousins. But I think all of the ancillary stuff, that is kind of like the foundation of what makes a good football team for 10 years, I think is kind of coming up pretty well for Kevin O'Connell here through four weeks. And, and that maybe is like the biggest positive, but that's all the things we just discussed. Um, and you can comment on that too, but like, you know, penalties, special teams, like, like you mentioned, just like access and general vibes, like of what you're putting out to the public and relations there, uh, the injuries, like, so like health and performance, like these are all things that are culture set. Right. And I think they're all coming up positive. And that's a pretty big ode to Kevin O'Connell and his staff and the way they do things. No, no, that's what I was going to say. It's like you, you see that with, with teams that get penalized a lot because, you know, to, to your number one thing, like everyone says, oh, you know, teams who take a lot of penalty, that's poor coaching. Like it, it is. is. Special yeah, teams it is. is poor coaching. It is. It is. So all of this, the, like for all of the negativity we spewed in segment one, like it is important to remember like week to week, like the team is like, it does appear to be on the right track. I don't know like how good the players are. Like, I don't know. I think there are some holes like just inherently in the structure right now, but like, I do think they're on the right track. I think a lot of that is like you said, because of O'Connell not just because of him, like because of the staff he's hired, because of, you know, the front office in place. I think it's different, feels different in, in, in Minnesota this year than it has. Um, Kevin O'Connell, obviously a huge part of that. I think like my parting thought here is like, we do not necessarily believe in the personnel or the roster of this team. Uh, certainly we could be proven wrong. Uh, but, you know, I think that's our biggest thing is like, I don't know if they have the horses basically, but I think they have the systems, uh, the structure in place, not necessarily of like what they're doing in terms of X's and O's, but clearly like how they are getting guys to be disciplined and do their job and just execute to some degree. Um, and that is something that is sustainable over time. And maybe as like if a quasi dofamensa can upgrade this roster will lead to some really great things down the road. 
um, if they can keep everything else in place. All right, uh, that's enough on this. We will wrap the show up with a quick run through our NFC power rankings after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 